2: House. In the of Good morning, house. In I'm Dottie Herman and you're listening to Iron Real Estate, we're the only show on talk radio that's all about real estate and the millions of things that have to do with real estate, which is just about everything. The American dream was always important, owning real estate was always part of the American dream, however, I think this pandemic, which I don't know that any of us could have foreseen or even thought because i know when we went on lockdown i said oh my god what's going to happen to all our businesses uh little do we know what was it about almost a year i don't know how long we've been in this um god real estate was always important but it really made it even i mean real estate rules and there's no state in in the country that i know of that people aren't just buying and moving up and and, and fixing and, 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 and just taking more space. And obviously, uh, because after the pandemic, there's some things that have just been, that are going to stay with us forever. And one of the things obviously is working from home, not working in the office all the time. So we're going to talk a little about that and how that affects jobs, how that affects where you live, how that affects, affects real estate values, Uh, We're also going to talk because I know that we're having bidding wars all over the place. So um, in the second half of the show, we're going to try to talk about bidding wars, should you participate in them, Um, and how to get a winning bid, obviously, Uh, obviously if you pay the most money, um, but how, how to get your bid to win. And also, um, a lot of agents do them differently, and we're going to tell you the best way if you're a seller that we think you should do uh, a bidding war when you have multiple offers, which has been happening quite a lot. But before then, of course, I want to—I don't have to introduce uh, senior vice president of Citizens Bank, Ace Scott Newpark. There has been so many mortgages, so many refinances. I don't know how you're keeping up with it. You're all over the country now. Is correct.
3: Oh, Dottie, It's in, its insane all over the country, and you know, to your point, we're seeing bidding wars all over, especially in the suburban areas. And it's just—you know—it's—it's it's great to see. Um, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's one of those things where, you know, having real estate be the forefront of our economic recovery is—is is something special. I—I I think it's really good to see. It's healthy, and um, you know, I was in New York City yesterday, um, out. Having dinner and Dottie, when I tell you people were out and about in Manhattan, I mean the restaurants we had lines out the door everywhere, and it's just great to see it lively and back, and you know, hopefully it continues, and you know, can't wait to talk about all of the bidding wars that are happening in different areas. But it's 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 amazing to watch the recovery.
2: It is, and you know, for those of us who live in New York, live in New York City, out. Uh, You know, it's kind of, we were there when it all happened. So if you weren't living in New York City and you had no reason to be here a year ago or, you know, in January, February, whenever we were locked down, you wouldn't have seen the difference. But what Ace tells you, it's booming. A year ago, I don't, there wasn't a car in sight. I mean, it was just like, it was, was a ghost town.
4: It's
3: a ghost town, daddy. Yeah, it It was was a ghost town, daddy. you could you could drive in the city park anywhere you want no one was around it was really desolate and now with rush hour traffic right around 4 or 5 p.m it's you know earlier. I, I, it's it, earlier and and you know I would I, I would have never imagined me saying it but I wish we were back to having no one there because it was so convenient but you know what for the city and 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 everything it's it's so great to watch and People were saying it's going to take at least three to four years last year for New York to come back. And it's back. You know, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, I, think it's so.
2: amazing. I, I think so. And it's funny. You know, you don't appreciate things. I mean, I, I'm sure you, I mean, all well, the Stephen and I, before I go on, I, I can't, I, I, you know, our, you know Stephen uh, Ebert, who specializes in our real estate law and is our legal Confidant, and we, uh, you know he advises us all here, uh, and he's a partner, Casson and Casson. Um, so, Stephen, welcome again, and I'm sure you're feeling the same way. And I have to tell you, you know, I was always complaining because you'd have to. Sometimes you could be, uh, it's, you, you never could time how long it would take you to get out of the city, but the traffic was horrendous. Uh, sometimes it would take me 25 minutes just to get off two blocks, and then there was, it was desolate. I mean, there was just nobody there. I would make it into the city in such a quick time. Uh, and now, as Aisha said, we're so happy to see traffic and bottlenecks and lines to get into restaurants. You can't just go to a restaurant anymore. Um, it's just, you know, you, you, I guess you don't appreciate those kind of things and so you don't have them. But that's what makes the city the city. It's vibrant and it's, and I think it's backwards, close to back. And I also wanna say the special thanks to Citizens for always being there for us and I in real estate, always being there in our business, helping people with mortgages, helping them decide whether they should refinance or not. Um, I must tell you that Citizens Bank has the name Citizens because that's why the bank was founded. And it was the family to help citizens, just regular people like you and me, and not just big corporations. And believe me, they do. Uh, last year, Citizens was the third largest lender in, okay, the Northeast. And you can easily find more information at citizens.com, or you can call them 24 hours a day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-800-922-9999. And again, the financing piece of it is very important. So I want to thank them for not only helping us, but all the people that they help and all the people that they get help get their American dream. So, um, you know, I was I was I was um, looking at what's going on, of course, and. Last week, the Federal Reserve significantly raised its expectations for inflation this year. And so, you know, you you hear that on the news, and I guess we just get immune to things. We don't think about them that much. Uh, but now, um, Ace, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm reading that members of the Fed's policy committee now expect two interest rates hikes in 2023. Not this year, not next year. Now, originally they said they wouldn't be hikes until March, but what are you seeing as far as interest rates, Ace?
3: Yeah, um there, there will be no increases in the short term, but definitely in the long term. Um definitely expect rates to go up. And right now rates are currently hovering right around two point eight seven five Dottie, below three percent for a thirty year fixed rate. So still extremely, extremely low rates, but inflation concerns are 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 something that we're talking about. Obviously the cost to build homes, cost of lumber, cost of goods are, are higher. So
2: in order to get a lot of a lot of uh, I think I was telling Ace right before the break I've been uh I have a house in the Hamptons for a long time now, but I got carried away and I you know I said, oh let me renovate it and uh, I bought it when it was new, but that was 25 years ago and so and by the way, I was lucky to get a mortgage uh then I, oh, I said I don't qualify for a mortgage and they said, "Well, don't worry about it." You want the house, you got it. Because those <laughs> days, um, I think you had to qualify. But like, lucky thing, I made it through it, and it's jammed here. And uh, we're just seeing more and more people, and we're looking at inflation. and What does that mean to anybody? It just means that if we have inflation, things go up. But real estate is great under inflation, and and so you know, a lot of people say, "Well, I'm buying at the high." We don't see a bubble, and there was—I've read a million articles on bubbles. And again, you know, none of us are gods, so none of us know for sure, hundred percent, anything. But it looks like we're kind of just, you know, hopefully getting through this pandemic, and things are loosening up. And and I, this this mayor's election is going to be very big because people are really want the city to come back. And I think when you know, I, I think when you run the city. You really have to, it's, it's a big job. I mean, I don't want to criticize anyone. It's not my thing, but it's a big job. And as A said, you know, I don't know that the city's is back 100%. There's a lot of stores that still haven't opened. But I think you're going to see that it's really coming back. And don't forget, Broadway, all that's not all opening for September. And we don't have, you know, tourism in, in New York City was huge. And we don't have that going on right now. It's just starting to open up um so what we're seeing right now buying mostly is not foreigners and i think maybe uh i don't know years we've we been doing this show so long but we we would always tell you a lot of foreigners and people would want they go oh dotty get us a foreigner who has a you know they had this vision of a guy who had a, a briefcase filled with cash okay and that's what they wanted and what we're seeing now in the city on fire, and it's on fire, and it's really people from the U.S., because the foreigners are just starting to, their eyes on it, they're want to come back, but, you know, you couldn't really travel. So we really think it's going to continue, and we're not going to see a bubble. But I do think, and this is just my opinion, I think that you'll just see it kind of not go down, but just taper off. You know where it's just normal right now it's kind of there's not there's not there's no inventory and so we're going to talk about bidding wars later and i'm going to try to help you learn how to deal with the bidding war whether you should take part of it and how you can try to have the winning bid because there's a lot of that going on because we have a buyer's market when there's more buyers than there is supply and sellers market when there's more houses than there are buyers and right now we have many more buyers across the country. There's no state that's any different. Um, We're more buyers than we have inventory. So um, and we don't see that changing. Don't forget the millennials. How old are the millennials now? They're probably oh, are they in their 40s yet, maybe. But they're all, you know, that's the generation that's going to rule the world because, you know, they are the ones that, graduated a lot of them graduated when we were in the recession of the uh two thousand say seven eight whenever that was and they stayed at home longer they got married later they had families later um and then i remember talking to ace and was saying the headlines will say the millennials will never buy homes they saw their parents lose money and they will never buy homes well that's quite the contrary because they're the biggest home buyers across the country they are having kids they're having children, and they love—they love, they love home ownership. So we don't see them going away for a long time. Now, I think I told you last week that we were supposed to uh, our—you know—our eviction moratorium, where we couldn't evict anyone, was supposed to end. If I'm not mistaken, at the end of June, it is now ending. They moved it to July. So if you have fallen behind in your rent. I would suggest you try to pay it but uh, or make some arrangements, but they have extended another month. Uh, there is a total of 47 billion people on rental assistance, and they have, they have 47, and they have so much money because to uh, distribute. So if you are in trouble or you have fallen behind, there's a lot of money out there. Uh, matter of fact, I don't want to quote this, but let me say it this way. I think New York and New Jersey, we were kind of broke before the pandemic. With all the aid that we're all getting for the cities, um, I know Jersey was at the plus by, I don't know, millions. So I think, you know, it's, it's going to allow us to do what we have to do to really get the city back 100%. But if you have any troubles, whether it's your mortgage payment or your rental payment, I think Steve tells you this, Ace tells you this, and I'm telling you this. Make a call. The banks are willing to work with you. They're not in the, they're not in the business of selling homes. They don't want your home back. Believe me. And um, landlords, I don't want to speak for 100% of the landlords, but most landlords are reasonable. And if they have a tenant that they know is a good tenant that has tried to pay their rent, and they're just going through some rough times right now. For most, most parts, they'll work with them. Steve, you're
5: finding that in your business that most landlords at least are willing to work with their tenants if they're behind? Well, uh, you know, Dottie, um, you know, landlords have been during the pandemic. We negotiated a number of um, changes to leases, changes in terms, um, extend. you know, one phrase that was out there in the industry called, you know, blend and extend. um, Tenants agreeing to a longer term with different and new concessions. But I will tell you that, um, you know, the landlords are getting less flexible because, um, you know, they're seeing people starting to return to work. Um, you're seeing, obviously, the big announcement by Morgan Stanley, uh, by Facebook, uh, that people better be back in the office by Labor Day. And I think what we're going to also start seeing is different pressure points. Right. There are a lot of companies that own real estate. And I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and I've already heard rumblings from a couple, that some of the big um, property owners and property management companies will lean on some of the service providers that they work with and say, look, if you want our business, you need to help our business. And one of the ways to help our business is you tell your employees, get back into the office. So you're going to see different pressure points on different firms and industries. Um, And I think also people are going to realize that there's a difference in productivity. Um, and I think also what's interesting is some of the employees are gonna prefer it. Boundary between work and home um, ha- has been eroded in many, many ways. And having people back in the office actually is protective of employees as it starts to put back in a sort of home office boundary. Um you know, that, that, that concept was eroded a lot. You know, we can go back, you know, in the day with the BlackBerry when it first came out, you know, that line got fuzzier and fuzzier. But with COVID, it really has gotten fuzzy. And, look, I see it in our industry. You know, we work, you know, with citizens. We work with other financial institutions. And they have employees all around the world, some of them. will get emails at all hours. And the expectation of response time has evolved, especially when people are working from home. So it's interesting to see the social cultural change on, on what's deemed as responsive. And and it's not. And, and I do want to point again, it's not just the employers. There are employees who want to go back, too.
2: Well, yes, it's very interesting. But, you know, again, none of us know for sure. But at the end of the day, what, what I see and what I read, and again, um, when you're reading, they're, they're mostly opinions, but basically, we'll probably go back to some kind of a hybrid. Um, If you, um, you know, some people have to be at work every day. Some people have found that they could work out of their houses. And I think that one of the things that we're missing is that the millennials never wanted to be in the office every day. If they can help it. The millennials were very different than the baby boomers as a generation. And I'm not saying they were lazy, but they, you know, the baby boomers worked and worked and worked. Sometimes they worked two jobs. Um, many times and, and then if you go back to world war two or the fathers were never home they were always working so the millennials wanted more balance and they wanted to be able and you know they wanted to be able to have a good job make decent money but they also wanted to have you know time for their families and you know look they're thinking of giving maternity leave for men now i mean it's very so i think that they were always leading that way i think the pandemic expedited it i don't think and then, if you're if you're an, a, an employer, and you have taken all this space, and you realize that you can accomplish the same thing with less space, why would you pay that rent? So I think it's gonna. I think, and this is again opinion. It'll be a combination. Yes, I agree with you, and Ace, uh, that there's no substitute for social uh, interaction. And when you're doing Zoom, that was great during the pandemic. It was better than nothing, but. It doesn't replace face to face getting together in person. but so I think there'll be a combination of that. Um, I think that, you know, when that happen. That, that leads us to we'll the with us to race of why people can travel further and just further away. This um, you know, is why we're in the suburbs. We're going to be right back. We have a good break. 866 This is Iron Real Estate. I'm Vatty Herman. We'll be right back. Thank you all. for me.
0: We're planning a trip to Spain later this year.
1: But our Spanish uh,
0: <laughs> is... pretty bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. Babbel's conversation-based method teaches you real-life words and phrases. And with Babbel's interactive, bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas?
5: ¿De dónde eres?
1: ¿De dónde eres? No matter your learning style or experience level, Babel has lessons designed for you that will get you speaking quickly and confidently. I tried learning Spanish before, but I couldn't stick with it until I found Babel.
2: There's no easier way to learn another language.
1: Ahora hablamos español.
2: He just said, now we speak Spanish.
1: I can't wait to use our new language skills on our upcoming adventures. Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L dot com.
6: Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. I don't think there's any more important service in any community than a hospital and emergency room, right? The ER is where you go in a crisis and where you expect to find dedicated, talented professionals anytime, day or night. Let me tell you that the ER at Trinitas Regional Medical Center is such a place in the Elizabeth and Union County communities. And the best news is Trinitas renovated their ER recently to serve you even better. They doubled the number of treatment rooms, added state-of-the-art technology technology. technology created separate private areas for families and seniors. And they honored my friend, the CEO of Trinitas by naming it the Gary S. Horan Emergency Department. Trinitas is an outstanding place for healing. I've been there. I've met the people. I know. Please learn more about the Trinitas Regional Medical Center by visiting trinitasrmc.org today. That's trinitasrmc.org.
7: Are
0: you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Join us for the Safe Money Radio Show Saturday afternoon at 3. You can also call now for your complimentary customized Safe Money information kit and 115-page Safe Money book at 844-751-SAFE. That's 844-751-SAFE, 844-751-7233. The Safe Money Radio Show, Sunday afternoon at 3 on AM 970, the. AM.
1: Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com.
7: Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son, founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your deal with inflammation that's correct each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway
0: It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman.
2: We're back. And as I said, we're going to be talking about New York City, the comeback from New York City. Uh, we try to talk about bidding wars. There's a lot of them and how to win them in the second half of the show. Uh, also, we're going to talk about buying a home with a friend. You know, a lot of people are buying homes with friends now. You know, it's not just, you know, there's a lot of single women buying homes, which, you know, if you go back to the 19, I don't know, 50s, 60s, most women didn't buy homes if they were not married alone. And now, you know, many women are buying homes on their own. And now friends are getting together and buying homes, whether it be for an investment or to rent out or just to live together. So we're going to also um, talk about that. But as we were before the break, we were talking a little about inflation and um, in, inflation of goods and and services rose five percent in May. So um, that means, and what that really means exactly is that you know household items and services now cost about five percent more than they did 12 months ago. So to make it so simple, if you want to just keep even. You would need to earn five percent more than you did a year ago to keep up, and this comes after years of inflation hovering around two percent. Um, so rising inflation, which we don't know where that ends, up, it's not bad now, but rising inflation could affect the housing market. Um, so it will be could it could be the force that cools down the double digit price growth because the prices are growing off the wall, and. Um, one of the chief economists, uh, Daniel Hale, says, you know, we don't know if these are temporary adjustments, pains, as the economy starts to open back up, or if if this signals a more consistent price increase, that could be a problem. I don't think there's anything to worry about right at this moment. I don't think it's, it's out of control or anything near that. Um, and this just could be a little bit of a, an anomaly. Um, in short-term rising, inflation could further inflame the housing market. It could make it even hotter, on the other hand, leading to an increase in demand as investors turn to real estate. Uh, many believe homes are a safe investment that will grow in value at a higher rate than that of inflation. I'm one of them, just my belief. Okay, so real estate is often looked as a way to protect, if not benefit from inflation. So for sure, if you think, and again, no one knows for certain, But if you think there's going to be inflation, um, real estate is always a hedge against inflation. Uh, In times of inflation, money often flows toward hard assets, things in which there is some scarcity. And of course, as you would know, of course, the country, not just in New York or New Jersey or Connecticut, real estate is one of them. It's, It's scarce. We don't have enough supply. They're not making any more dirt. Uh, there's a finite amount of land. There's a finite amount of, of water uh, and homes are available. And there's a finite of, uh, amount of homes that are for sale now. So inflation also typically leads to higher mortgage rates. Now we don't expect that in the near future. So the prospects of rates rising could drive more people into the market who want to take advantage of today. And as I said to you for the last three or four shows, if you thinking of selling in the next couple of years, I would put my house on the market now because there's a shortage of supply and there's a lot of buyers out there. Okay. That doesn't mean I would put my house on the market if I didn't want to sell it or I wasn't ready to sell it. Okay. But if I was to be thinking of selling in the next year or two, I would go for it now. If I was thinking of buying, I would not buy because look at the interest rates. Look at what, I mean, I don't, I don't have that mathematical brain like you have, Ace, but, uh, Oh, I just can't, I'm just trying to figure out, like when I paid 15% interest rates for my first hold, or maybe it was 16, I don't remember, it was something like that. And I told you last week, I took an 11% adjustable arm, a five-year adjustable, which means it adjusts every five years. At 11%, I was thrilled to death. And then we refinanced when mortgage rates came down, so be it. So um, I, I don't think that should stop you either. But what it will do is, it will make your payments higher. So you need to right now be out there looking. If you're going to buy, buy. And if you're going to sell, it's a great time to sell. Inflation could also lead to rising interest rates, which as we said, we don't predict them happening this year, maybe next year. And again, to me, since I've lived the lifetime of my interest rates, 3 4% to me is nothing uh nothing like ace you've lived through those rates too it's but this is like really nothing if inflation is oh. high bonds become less profitable okay and investments as the returns on them may be lower than inflation so bonds will you know if not be that popular and when bonds become less desirable mortgage rates go up so we'll see what happens i think it's true a quote what's your, what's your guys feelings on this
5: Well, I what think there's a few things to put out. I think there's a few things to put out there. And, and while our focus is real estate, I guess to, on the bonds, just be very clear. People need to distinguish if they own a bond directly or if they own a bond investment fund, because you're exactly right. If people own a bond investment fund, as inflation goes up and interest rates go up, the value of that fund goes down. And and that's and a lot of people own bonds that way. But if you own a bond directly. The value is still there, and you're going to get that monthly, and you're going to get that payment whenever it's due, depending upon how the bond is structured. Um, I think ultimately, when you're an investor versus someone looking for a primary or second home, there are a couple different criteria, but you're, I think your most important thing is the monthly payment that you're living with. I mean, that's what we say when we're talking to clients. You know, when we have these bidding wars, the, the more, I would say sophisticated client understands that well of course you want to get the best possible price you can the reality is if it's a little bit more a little bit less over the long term and even not that long of a term when you marry that with what your interest rate is that's what the real driver is and not so much the perk as price per se
2: right and by the way Everything shows good. The economy is coming back. There was a weekly decline in jobless rates. I mean, people are getting jobs again. The number is uh, lower than it was. And I was reading that more and more people are trying to catch up on their mortgages. Uh, So I think there's a pretty good chance we're going to be fine. But still, uh, one thing I can tell you, if you do own a home, I'm sure it went up in value over the last year. And if you go back to when this, when did this all happen? When did we really kind of was last January, or something like that, February, or something like when we heard about it and then they, you know, March, I think they locked us down across the country. God, like I didn't even, you know, it was like I said to people, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. I mean, and nobody could have predicted. I am sure no one could have predicted then that real estate would go off the wall. And, you know, and that all of these online services that deliver uh, and that, you know, you know, look at look what happened to them. They were the only game in town. I, I know one of my local restaurants where I live. Uh, I walked in there to get a table. And I said, oh, you know what? We got rid of that side of the restaurant. We're not having was not serving dinner anymore uh, that you can sit down. And I said, why not? And they said, because with COVID, we made so much money just doing takeout. It didn't make any sense for us to keep the rest of the space. So, you know, they made out very well during COVID. I mean, it was just a mixed bag, but it will, but it did change things. But as far as the housing business, when Ace said we're proud to be part of this, the housing business really led us out of this. And so... um, and for anything, that you know, inflation would have to go to over 4% for a period of at least one more year, for at least a year in time for it to really be something to concern yourself about. So I'm just giving you some outside guess things, but I don't really think that's something I would concern myself with right at the moment. Always keep an eye out. And remember, trends. 84% of Americans say home ownership is a priority. Okay? not a want to a priority and despite rising prices because prices have risen all over the country personal finances the majority of Americans are optimistic about home ownership and uh, although the median home prices have climbed for almost eight years Americans are still holding on to the dream of home ownership and uh Millennials are the most passionate about it I think the baby boomers are passionate about it, but I think they're getting older now. But millennials are the most passionate about it. With 88%, and the millennials are the largest segment of buyers that we have. uh, 88% of millennials buying a home is one of their main goals. 85% of Generation Xers and Generation Zers, and 79% of the baby boomers stay the same. So with 55% of the world saying that homeownership is a good investment, I think we're pretty safe. And there's such a demand. 11% of Americans plan to purchase a home by 2022. I think they have it already. 39% expect to purchase by 2025. So you see the trends are not going down. Half of the millennials to become home homeowners began within the next five years but they retire they won't want to buy they don't want to rent
0: Has your relationship taken a turn? Is it time to call it quits? Do complex matters such as custody, alimony, child support, prenups, and financial matters make your head spin? Then tune in every Sunday evening at 5 for Should I Stay or Should I Go? with attorney Tanya Helfand from Helfand & Associates. With over 25 years of experience, Tanya will guide you through the confusing world of family law so that everyone can make the right decision. It's Should I Stay or Should I Go? Sunday evenings at 5 on AM 970, The Answer.
4: Dear Cancer, if you think you're going to put my life on hold, think again. I did my homework and I found a cancer treatment option that requires no surgery, minimal downtime, and virtually no side effects. It's called Proton Therapy at Procure Proton Therapy Center. Proton therapy targets cancer tumors more precisely than traditional radiation therapy, with less radiation to nearby healthy tissues. And thanks to Procure, I don't have to travel far for treatment. Located in Somerset, Procure is New Jersey's most experienced proton therapy center, offering the most advanced form of radiation with the most precise technology. That's right, cancer. I still have the choice and energy to go on that hike with friends or spend a Saturday afternoon with my grandkids. I chose proton therapy at Procure, and now my hope has been restored. I'm living my best life. If you've been diagnosed with cancer, visit Procure.com or call 855-3-PROTON today.
1: Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help.
4: Better sleep means a better you. That's why Mattress Firm made the Rest Assured promise, featuring the best mattresses from America's best brands. For a limited time, save $500 on Tempur-Breeze mattresses and sleep eight degrees cooler. Plus, get a $300 instant gift good toward Sleep Accessories. Our sleep experts have over 200 hours of training, so you can rest assured we'll find the right bed for you. Only at Mattress Firm, America's number one Tempur-Pedic retailer. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com. sale
1: napa know how celebrate dad all month at napa with the evercraft 100 piece screwdriver set for 1999 to a regular person that might seem like an excessive number of screwdrivers but to dad that's just being prepared like buying a paper map in case the gps goes rogue that's the evercraft 100 piece screwdriver set for 1999 quality parts helpful people that's napa
7: know how -how. at participating locations while supplies last offer ends 6 21
0: it's i on real estate got a question call 866-970-9622 here's douglas elements ceo Dottie herman
2: we're back here listening to i on real estate 866-970-9622 um we're talking about the whole economy and again it's too early to tell everyone's speculating but i just Came across an article. It says the housing market shows signs of softening. Has it topped out? And it says, you know, basically that for many months it seemed nothing can slow down the American housing market. But wait, the tide may be beginning to turn even just a little. Now it's not really turning because we're very busy, but they're saying maybe just a little. But generally in the summer, just so you know, um, people usually buy up to the end of spring, you know, like the but usually, you know, with families, you know, then the some of their kids are in camp, but they want to be in their school district by the time school starts. So usually summer is not as busy for most, um, although seasonality hasn't played a big role in our business for a couple of years now. But over the past few weeks, the rate of price growth has begun to slow, and fewer buyers are seeking mortgages to purchase homes. Ace, would you agree with that or not? I, I'm not sure if I even agree with this, but... Um, that's kind of when we read stuff because we, we all read different things. We listen to different uh, channels and, and, and TV and radio and, you know, everyone kind of has a different opinion. So you're getting a lot of information and when you get a lot of information, you know, I say, well, I hear it, I listen to, I, I hear it. When I say I listen to it, I don't listen to it. I, I hear it. And then I continue to, to, to do my own homework. And then I end up making my own decisions based on my own personal feelings and my own personal situation. Remember, everyone's situation is different. But Mark Zandi, who's a chief economist at Moody's Analytics, uh, he says, the market's topping out. And I can tell you a lot of economists who say that's not true at all, but that was his opinion. And we try to bring you both opinions what does that mean? And it, mean, it doesn't mean that there's a bubble because when there's a bubble, what that means is that the prices have risen so high that it's like a balloon, it's going to pop and they're going to go down. They don't, nobody sees any sign of a bubble. So, the good news to all of you who just bought or have hosted houses, nobody at this moment in time sees any bubble where the prices are going to drop. Uh, medium home list prices across the country is still 12% higher than they were the same time a year ago. Um, so that's all good. And okay, buyers may be taking a break in the housing market just because it's the summer. Um, and a lot of people I know have rented out their homes because they could get so much money for it. But in the week ending June 19th, median home list prices were up still 12% from a year ago. And again, yeah, a year ago, we, <clears throat> yeah. So, again, yeah. no, I'm just telling because people read this and then they call or they, they write dear Dottie, is this true you know is housing gonna be in a bubble and not so but go ahead yeah, Dott-
3: yeah there's a there's a couple things here to consider right um first of all there's there's not a bubble in my opinion um in 2008 and 2009 the biggest difference was everybody was getting a mortgage if you had a pulse today that's exactly. not the case right today they're checking your credit they're checking your income um, there's a lot more stringent guidelines because of what occurred in 2008, 2009. That's that's the first bullet point. Second, there's been a pent up demand with millennials starting to purchase homes later in their lives, right? We've been talking about it for the last five to six what? to seven years. And there's been this taboo that millennials don't want to buy. Well, that's not true. The oldest millennials are now 3940. And their number one goal is to buy a home. And that's been sort of the uh, the the addition of a a surge of home buyers, right? Millennials are now making up seventy five percent of those home buyers. So there's been a lot of pent up demand from this generation of folks, and you're seeing that now. And third, there's still inventory issues, um, Dottie, meaning there's very low inventory. Right. So all all of these three factors are building up to a very healthy marketplace where we're not at the top yet you know i'm not sure who these economy economists are but these three factors if you take them all into account we're going to see continued healthy growth and stability within the housing market i think for the next at least four to five years you know so that's
2: right well they're saying just to give you the size of everything and again everyone's saying something a little different and we are uh when i grew up i think they had at 11 o'clock uh they had this buzzing sound that like showed you that there was no more television. It was over. Like it, you know, they didn't have broadcasting all night. So you have seen we are flooded with information, flooded. So yes. you have so much, and so you have to cipher through that information. And it says, uh, so he says that as more work, work, as more workers and folks return to the offices, that that could also that could doesn't say it will could alter housing demand and cool down some markets, some markets, folks may be less willing to move further out when faced with the prospect of long commutes. So basically what he's saying is because everybody was allowed to not be worked at home, people were allowed people could move further away from home. And that really sort that brought a big crease to the suburbs. But I don't ever think it's gonna go back to that you have to be there every day. So I think that well, if you don't have to be there every day, and that's what, that's my opinion. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, so he, but he's saying that um, they might they not need as much space because kids are going back to school. Okay. I don't agree with any of this, but this is just an opinion. Um, the surge in demand was created by the work from anywhere phenomenon and it's starting to fade. That's a guy named Zandy. Uh the great well, unfreezing of America is providing a host of distractions for buyers. They are there are constant and so he's saying that many buyers are frustrated by the lack of homes for sale. And that is true. Okay. You I can tell you that, you know, there's not that much on the market. It's it's hard to find anything. And he's just saying that there could be double digit, you know, growth, that you can't keep up double digit growth in prices. Okay. Um basically but he's also saying that having a true bubble is totally unlikely as there are fewer homes for sale and more buyers which i said at the beginning of the show and a complete reversal from the last time around okay where we had many homes on the market and okay and he says lenders don't want to lose money and that's to ace's point so they're not just lending money to people that didn't have it okay uh and it says, a less, a less heated real estate market may present a welcome opportunity for buyers, but conditions could never reverse quickly uh, and that the market looks good for the next bunch of years. And real estate experts do not believe that the market will really slow down until mortgage rates significantly jump. Now that I do believe. If mortgage rates really jump high, that could affect housing. But we don't see that either. Um. So
5: basically, it's all good. I think See, a trying- few, yeah, I think yeah. there were a few things I want to add to unpack. I, I think there are some elements in what he's saying that's right. And and I think there are things we got to break it down. I think one, real estate's the most local thing that one, one can invest in. And when he talks about in some areas, well, what is some? I mean, we have, right? We have 50 states, you know? And, and so... I think there is some truth that maybe there are some areas that if for the long term, true telecommute working could work and remote working could work, that people might have some preference areas and it might help some more exurb rural type areas to work from. And I think there are probably going to be some isolated examples where those markets did have a big shoot up in value where that's gonna temper down because that's not exactly the new normal. That being said, I I don't think you're going to see a drop either. I think those markets can evolve into also second homes for a number of those people. I think another point um, to give a little bit more depth on is that yes, we've had some double digit increases, but again, in certain markets, there there was a lot of stagnation and maybe even some slight declines where you saw those double digit increases. So, what I would argue is you got to take the chart back out and you got to do a five year look back. And I think what if you, if you look at that, the, the amount of growth is partly addressing some of that. So, you know, I think it's really much, it's actually more conservative amount of growth than maybe he's letting on. Because it's so important when you're giving these percentage growth statistics, what's the time period, right? You can imagine right. that whenever there's, a, whenever there's a seismic event, I mean, if, if you took the value of properties in October of 2001 versus August 2001, right a month before, a month after 9-11, you can then start playing with growth statistics. But since then, regardless of whether you bought before or after, you had very nice, healthy growth. So that's a really important point, which I'm not sure how much he flushed out. I mean, look, I don't want to knock him; he, he's a well-known economist in real estate. But at the same time, when you write, you know, some of the, the postings, there's maybe missing a bit of depth. Um, the last part oh. which I think is really, and I'll make one other point, also, which we're seeing a lot, is that there is a there's a bit of wealth transfer, right? That, some of the millennials that's that. And that's, and that's, and that's key in the stats because some of the millennials might be later buyers than the prior generational group, right? Maybe they started buying five years later or so than their contemporaries in the next age bracket. Um, but what you're seeing is that their parents, um, or that more senior group held off on selling. So we're seeing in a lot of transaction is intra-family gifting, um, trading sometimes, these millennials buying the parents' home, and then the parents moving to a different location. That's also a trend that we've noticed. So I I think he's right on some points, but it's a little scattershot, right? There's a little bit of truth in everything he's saying. I wouldn't necessarily say all of a sudden that these are massive swings that are out there because there's a lot more to the story.
2: Yeah, no, and I couldn't agree with you more. Um, but but I don't see any economists saying that there's any massive uh, movement that's going to happen. Uh, I think they're just saying that it's kind of going to go up, but not quite as quickly as it went up in the last year. But the same token, you have such a shortage of supply. And I did forget that one factor that you said, this will be the biggest transfer of wealth ever. With the baby boomers as they are getting older and dying, well, I don't want to wish them uh, dying because I'm a baby boomer, but I, but as they get older, they're transferring a lot of wealth to their children. So um, it's going to be the biggest transfer of wealth in the history. So I, you know, and 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 Ace, and, I don't think Steve, you are on the oh, show. Oh, Daddy, can I guess,
5: Ace, before, before we get can yeah. I get one one more point on that on that generational timing? We are seeing a real change in, I think, life expectancy and also quality of life, right? There's, you know, A lot of times we look at the stats and we look at life expectancy as a number, um, but what's a lot of times not discussed in that number is quality of life too, right? It's not just getting to an age, but how one one lives in that age. And I think also what we're seeing is that the numbers are changing in a good way, and you know, we, we, we can't we can't put that to the side, right? You know, when are people retiring, right? At a bit of a later age, right? And, yes. and, and so, and when are people living, you know, later age? All, all, you know, good things. And so that will also have repercussions for a housing market. So when you think of your classic scenario, up, oh, they just turn 65, they're going to retire in the next, you know, three months, they're going to sell the house, you know, and so, okay, new buyer coming in. The sort of what I have found over the years is that more and more the sort of classic standard story has evolved a lot. And that's important because that translates into housing stock turnover, right? One of the problems that we've had is that, thankfully, because of technology and resources, that when you turn 65, you know, if you do the stereotypical turn 65, retired downside, not so fast. People aren't doing that so fast, no, and that's and, part of and, the supply issue.
2: And they're even not—they're not only, but, but even when they retire, they're sometimes buying. they still a lot of them not renting; they're buying again, just smaller. And just to give you a breakdown of the country, um, the decline um, in—you know—in the south, there was a decline in the south of fourteen point five percent of sales. But in the Northeast, where we are, uh, the volume was up thirty-three percent. The West saw a four-point-eight percent growth, and the Midwest was flat. Um, so it's 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 where you live. But but we the real estate business is off the wall. I mean, really off the wall, and I don't uh, see that changing now. Ace, are we having okay? I uh, but you know, are we having uh, are people having uh more difficulty in getting mortgages with affordability? Are you seeing any of that yet, or still pretty good?
3: No, it's still pretty good because of the because of the low interest rate study. So we're seeing uh, folks still qualify with a lot of low down payment products as well.
2: Okay, I want to continue the subject. Okay, I would like to um, continue the subject and. Then talk a little about home sharing and buying together uh, at auctions and bidding wars.
1: Not